Guitarathon is the greatest guitar sale on earth, and it's happening now. Get massive savings on a huge selection of electric and acoustic guitars, basses, amps, pedals, and other accessories. Save up to $450 on a Gibson Les Paul Studio Deluxe, up to $900 on a Gibson Les Paul Trad Pro 4, or save up to 20% on other select Gibson guitars. Plus, get special financing on select major brands. Don't miss these incredible deals. Available online and in store now through November 1st. Guitarathon, only at Guitar Center. Find your sound. Locked On Trailblazers, your daily Portland Trailblazers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to a December 11th Sunday evening edition of the Locked On Blazers podcast. I'm your host, Eric Garcia Gunderson, a writer for BlazersEdge.com and former Blazers beat writer for the Vancouver Columbian. Welcome back to the show. Yeah. Full, I, full, full, full disclosure, this is the second time we've tried this. Uh, I am your co-host, Dane Carbaugh, uh, at Dane Carbaugh, MC Sports Pro Basketball Talk, the Rewind, who know, does know how to use a computer, by the way. I, I, I'm gonna, it's on my resume and everything, I can, promise. I can, I can confirm that Dane does, in fact, know how to use a computer. Yeah, despite, despite what you may have heard, may have heard, I can, I, I can use a computer. I can use a computer just about as well the Blazers can play defense. That's a good way to transition into this episode, that's a right? Very good, that's yeah. a very good way to transition to this episode. We did not have a podcast last night. I had some uh, personal uh, things going on last night, so wasn't able to get to it. I actually watched the second half of this game this morning. Uh, Weirdo. Yeah, yeah, very Sam Hinkie of me uh, because, you know, why, why do we watch games Front yeah. to back. Hey, man. Why? Why? Why do we, man? Yeah. Why? Why? Hey, man. Just think about it. Just think about just, it. Just, just think about it, bro. <laughs> um. Well, anyway, uh, it doesn't take a whole lot to think that the Blazers are extremely disappointing, and they lost Saturday, one eighteen, one eleven in Indianapolis. Paul George had thirty seven points, was dominant in the fourth quarter against the Blazers. The Blazers lose one eighteen, one eleven. And they lose despite a combined 67 points from Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum in regulation. But what has become a broken record, Dame and C.J. have been great, and yet the Blazers are not. Yeah, hard hard to take a look at, especially when you consider that this is a team, I think, last podcast, podcast before last, we talked about how they definitely can't hold on to leads when they are uh, ahead and obviously they're having a really hard time when they're behind just by a little bit at halftime that those leads seem to sort of expand and there's nothing they can do about it um, but most disappointing obviously is how well they played in the first half how well seats McCollum played in the first half uh, almost couldn't miss a shot and now you're at a, a team that uh, has a, a three-game losing streak unfortunately and uh, it's looking rough for December man yeah, I mean, the, that third quarter from McCollum was incredible, and you, you you think that you get a quarter like that from a guy that they're just going to roll to victory. And this whole road trip, I feel like, for me at the very least, was I thought this was a road trip where they've got right at home, they got a couple of wins, they get a win on the first game of the road trip. This could be a road trip where, hey, they, they win some games, they string some wins together, and they're back into the thick of things 
in the West in that four, five, six battle. And it's almost like the the whole road trip has kind of been exemplified in those those halftime leads. It's they're set up, they're in positions to succeed, and yet they cannot. And it's really frustrating uh what happened. They get some injury, bad luck again on this trip. It that Aminu, he had that hard fall against Memphis, did not play, and the game that he doesn't play on this trip is when they need him the most against Paul George. So yeah, uh, overall pretty disappointing. Again, the the timing and and that this happens. They, they the Blazers were in, incredible beneficiaries last season of injury luck on other teams, teams having some infighting like Houston, teams that weren't ready like the Jazz. All these things that went Portland's favor are not really going are not at all going in their favor this year, and so. It's really an uphill battle. They're 12 and 13. It's better than they were last year, but I feel like the climb is a little bit harder almost. You you know what? You're absolutely right, and I hadn't really thought about that that portion of it until just now, and mixing that in with the idea that the offense doesn't seem to be working as well with Evan Turner yet. He doesn't have, seem to be clicked in. Uh, guys like Ed Davis are not playing as well as they did last year. Aminu obviously not shooting very well. Uh, Alan Crabb doesn't seem to – he seems to have – I don't want to say – backslid because he hasn't been that bad but he hasn't certainly improved on well, last I just season think, i just think his one just a crab quick thing uh-huh. his his defense has gotten worse yeah oh yeah oh yes i i agree i think oh, overall i'm not his defense has gotten worse but not to a point where i i don't necessarily want him on the floor yet but maybe that's maybe that's circumstantial like what else are the options going to be but in any case the team hasn't meshed together and so if the whole team is built off of this uh, interchangeability and that the roster has goes 10 deep or goes 11 deep, even though Terry doesn't use that in the rotation, I think that only works if the team is already gelled together. If the team doesn't know what they're doing, then it's just Legos scattered on the floor. Like it doesn't, it's not actually anything yet. You haven't built it into anything else. Mm-hmm, and it's mm-hmm. just, you know, it's, you're stubbing your toe on it as you walk around. So uh, it's, it's, it's tough to look at. And the injuries certainly mixing with that have not helped. Yeah, yeah, it's really just a confluence of a lot of bad stuff for the Blazers, and it's, yeah, it's it's guys that played extremely well last year, like like Ed Davis, as you mentioned, like Aminu, that just haven't been the same players. Uh, Ed Davis's shooting percentage is way down from what it was last year. His offensive rebounding isn't the same. I know that I myself have even used the excuse that he wasn't getting a lot of time early, but his per minute production shouldn't be slipping the way that it is. And uh, he just hasn't been the same player and he's been playing a lot more lately. Their rebounding has gotten better, but it's still their defense is kind of in the same place. And yeah, I'm a little worried about where they are right now because they they were really set up to succeed here. And now they have got a really super tough back to back that they're getting into right now, uh, starting tomorrow in Los Angeles against the Clippers. Then they come home for one quick game before playing in Oklahoma city before heading onto the road again. So they, uh, to, this is to play the is, warriors. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So this, <laughs> this is that they really blew, uh, really good chances to rack up good wins against, I mean, Memphis didn't have Conley. They had all these chances to really run off some wins. They were in position to win these games. And now the, the Lakers we've been talking about, 
they have had some injuries and some bad luck, but you know, they win against the Knicks tonight and the Blazers lose a couple more. They're right back into it. And then Denver is right there. Sacramento's right there. The Blazers don't want to be in this, but here they are, you know, right now battling for the eighth seed. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. And something you pointed out that really has had a big impact this season is the play of Ed Davis. And unfortunately, whatever's going on with him is not good. Taking a look at his uh, per 100 possession statistics, he is his offensive rating is down significantly. Last three or last two seasons, he's had offensive ratings of 124 and 128. And now he has a offensive rating of 109. And he actually has a defensive rating of 111, which the Blazers aren't a good team. So obviously, you know, individual defensive rating statistics factor into how the whole team plays. It doesn't mean that much, but he does have a technically he has a uh, negative net rating, which is not good. His total rebounding numbers are down. His offensive rebounding numbers are down. Uh, his defensive rebounding numbers are down by almost three per uh, uh, three per 100 possessions. His two-point shooting is down almost 12%. So what he's not doing is picking up those rebounds, which the Blazers desperately need because they're a bad rebounding team, and converting those ch- uh, chances, which means needs somebody else to score other than Dame and CJ, and he's not doing that either. So as much as he's not necessarily a scorer um, or a huge part of the uh, the rotation, the Blazers absolutely needed that solid foundation, that base of what he laid down when he came in, and he's not able to do that this season for whatever reason, and it's really hurting him. They're missing him. Yeah, last year Davis was a source of elite efficiency on the offensive glass and finishing around the basket when he got those passes in, or even on the pick-and-roll he would roll to the rim and and be the kind of role man that the Blazers don't really have. Mm-hmm. And now he's not making those shots and they're not getting those. It's just they're not asking him to do anymore. It's just now the things that they're asking him to do, he's just not as good at doing them anymore. That's just – and so that's the really frustrating part is they're not asking Davis to do any more than he did last year. He's just not doing it well in the same way. And so, uh, yeah, it's becoming hard. I, I, you know, they have a lot of time here. December 15th is the, uh, time when they can finally trade players that they signed. Obviously a guy that comes to mind for a lot of people is Evan Turner, but they do have, I, I, I think Azili is, is someone that his contract could at least help in balancing salary uh, for a potential trade if they were to send a draft pick or something like that to another team if they don't want to give up someone that they consider valuable. Um, although they probably will, but something that I was you know talking about with uh, my buddy Danny LaRue today was, you know, maybe Azili as a filler in a trade. I wonder, you know, what you think about that. I feel like they they're getting close to having to start to consider that because it seems like perhaps this crop of big ben we may have seen their best moments already at least with this team who is the centerpiece in these trades though that's my big problem is i still don't know who on the blazers is worth anything to send out even in even in you know compacted with some other players or a salary filler or whatever unless you have a situation like the Kings have with Rudy Gay, where they don't want him on the roster and he has a massive contract. So you're trying to take that on and they just want to get a draft pick back, maybe take a chance on some a guy like, um, you know, that Alan Crabb picks up because he is will be eligible to be traded uh, at some point in time this season. 
uh, or Evan Turner, right? So, but I also feel like that's entirely possible. I don't know if we've only seen Neil make one, not even a panic trade, but one sort of quick trade over the course of the season that was sort of counterintuitive to where uh, the plot of the season was supposed to go. And that was uh, Aaron Aflalo. And that only really came deep into the season. It was like February or something. And that was because uh, because they won a bunch more games than they thought they were going to. And so, oh, well, let's add them to the roster and see if we can make a, a push into the second round of the playoffs. So, um, you know, that was only a 25-game rental, if I recall. So uh, I feel like it'd be uncharacteristic for Neil to do that. Is it certainly possible? Yes. I think it's hard to, if if I'm him, something that's not talked about enough is it's hard for me to look at Damian Lillard and, uh, you know, how old he is and how many years of super prime he has left um, and say, oh, well, I can afford to wait another season and a half for something to happen. I, I, I know I know that there's a longer plan than that, but I also look at it like then when you do peak, that peak feels like it's just going to get shorter and shorter. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't know how to feel about that personally. I think it's possible, uh, but obviously Azili hasn't played a game and his prognosis hasn't been updated in months by the team, I don't think. So it certainly doesn't have any on-court value. Yeah, uh, I think there are definitely some deals out there and – but I, I think there is a place for uh, you listeners to get deals that I think you definitely take advantage of, and that is through SeatGeek. And the NBA season is in full swing. The holidays are coming up. Christmas games. NBA is starting to take shape. And the smartest, easiest way to find tickets for the games you want to see up close and in person this season is with SeatGeek. There's nothing like being at the game for the biggest plays of the year. And with SeatGeek, it's never been easier to get the seats you want for a great value. SeatGeek has the best deals on every ticket in the house, wherever you want to sit, whether that's courtside, the club seats, or the upper level. It's the first place that I go when I'm looking for tickets in a given city. I tell my friends to go look for tickets on SeatGeek and... Uh, I have the SeatGeek app on my phone. It's super easy, Dane. I, I think uh, it's super easy. It's super easy. We have yeah. we have actually used the SeatGeek uh, code that you're about to give out for this podcast. I am not lying. It worked, baby. I think we went that, to opening night on the SeatGeek promo it, code. It, it worked, and it does all the price comparison for you by searching multiple ticket sites, ensuring that you get the best possible deal, and they do all the work, and you save time and money. SeatGeek wants to help you get the most bang for your buck. That's why they grade every ticket on their deal score grading system rating them from one to 100 one being a bad deal 100 being the worst and best of all my listeners get a 20 dollars rebate off the seek their first seek geek purchase just like dane did and to get that 20 dollars rebate you download the seek geek app go to the settings tab and click add a promo code enter promo code lo blazers and seek geek will send you 20 dollars after you've made your first ticket purchase download the seek geek app and enter promo code lo blazers today well, I think it's probably time to get to some of our user questions we've had uh, given to us on Twitter. What do you think? I, I love that you guys are setting them in. Yeah, no, definitely. I'm, I'm, I'm here for that. Uh, and then I will follow up with – let me give my trade take real quick. Okay, hot, all right. Hot, hot, hot trade. I think it would behoove the Blazers. I, I, I want Costa Cufos. Like I I I I, I would this is, be. This is what we spend our time thinking about. Just I would be. Kufos. I would be 
they're in a situation. The Turner signing has put them in a situation where I think they're going to have to give. Crab would have to be okay with it. Obviously, that's the whole caveat with anything right. involving Crab. But I feel like if you could, I could, I could talk myself into maybe Crab for Costa Kufos, or Crab for Kufos and someone else. Crab for Kufos, Rudy Gay, because Gay is a inspiring contract. So they get a player that they can keep. Right. I don't know. I, I, I could. I just want Kufos. I think I. I want to see how the Blazers would be with a guy that's more like him. But that's that's my 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 trade take. Yeah, I I like that idea. I think you're going in the right direction. You're going realistic, obviously. I think just because uh, how your how your mind works, you're going really realistic with it. It's not some people are trying to see how the Blazers can trade for DeMarcus or Blake Griffin or something. No, it's going to be a guy like Kostakoufos. Well, because there's no way that you're going to get Blake Griffin or DeMarcus Cousins. I think maybe there would be an outside chance. I think you could potentially get Nerlens Noel without giving up C.J. McCollum. How do you feel about that, by the way? I know that that came up uh, from... Let's, that that came up in a way that's sort of non-traditional. But how do you actually feel about that? Let's just say, let's just throw it out there. And say that actually w- is a theoretical possibility. I, I would do it. I, what? I, I I would give up Crab. I would give up Crab Myers. Um, Whoa. May, well, Crab Myers. If you could give, if you could do Plumley instead of Myers, I would do Plumley. Okay. Yeah. I would. Yeah, do pl- I, 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 I would. Too. I, I would do Plumley Crab in a first or something for Noel. I w- I would too. I think as much as 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 good as the Blazers have been on offense, and that's what's kept them in games, and as important as he has been, I feel like the Blazers can survive without Mason Plumley. I think as long as you have those two guards on the team on the floor at the same time, you're gonna, gonna get you're 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 gonna score. You're gonna attract enough attention from other teams that you're gonna have to send extra guys and that's going to create problems. And I think you could create an offense that's successful with CJ and Dame without Plumlee. And right. And I, I think the biggest, the biggest problem with making that specific trade would be that you're relying on the screens from Myers and then Noel to create space for the guards, which would might be tough or yeah. it'd be, it's, you put your, a lot of your eggs in the same basket, but I, I agree with you. I would do that. I think just with the defensive, with how the the potential for Noel defensively to just become to just be someone who disrupts things on a regular basis and could be there and cause problems and help make up for the fa- and and also I I just think that it's worth it in the fact that he's also so young he can kind of grow into the role a little bit I think also if you he's impressionable enough that you could convince him to stay potentially especially if the culture is such that after so many years in Philadelphia that you would be feel welcome and at home in a place like Portland so I think him being a younger player too is more and a more attractive proposition for me because you I think have a better chance to convince him to stay because he's a younger player because he's impressionable and because he has only been in a really crappy situation yeah, agreed. And I think I think Damien and CJ would obviously the leaders of the team, probably along with Myers, I suppose, would uh, be really welcoming and uh, create a good spot for him to land. Yeah, I, I mean, it, obviously, it would, it would be tough to lose the shooting that Crab provides off the bench. He's been really solid, but as it stands, Crab is a guy that he would have to agree to the trade first, which makes it hard in the first place. But 
Crabbe is a guy that I think it just fits in a lot more context than a guy like Turner would, whereas you would have to – the team that acquires Turner would have to be committed to building a certain type of attack around what he does well, whereas Crabbe – you don't really have to do that because he's kind of a 3 and D guy who can just kind of slot in with several lineups. So, I, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. But and he'd, be, he'd be a valuable asset for a team that would need his shooting, especially if Ben Simmons is going to be running the point in a year, which yeah, is it's, apparently what's happening in Philadelphia. Yeah, so they're going to have like a whole inverted floor anyway. So you might as right. well just get as much. I mean, they have a bunch of shooters anyway. I mean, they have Hollis Thompson. They have, but they have all their shots. They're like 3-4 they're like type shooters, whereas – Crab is more of a natural two three. Yeah, he's 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 more of a natural two three. Yeah. So yeah. Anyway, but let's go to Twitter questions. Let's go to Twitter questions. We uh, got a couple from you guys this uh, this evening on a Sunday. But uh, Dylan wants to know DB for three wants to know what who or sorry who is the best end of the bench players. He wants us to rank the players from Massachusetts from worst to best. I think we all know who he's talking about. But Eric, I'll let you go first. I would have to say this year that my number one ranking for the end of the bench guys would be Jake Lehman. Natch, Natch. Uh, right. Yeah, and then number two, I would have to say Shabazz Napier, although okay. he hasn't he, ha- he doesn't play a lot because Damon CJ are really good. I think he's the most useful of all those guys probably. And then I would have to say Vonley, uh, and then uh, Connaughton. And and then Quarterman, I suppose. Okay. Uh, I, I like well, that. I, I, actually, so far this season, I have to put Connaughton in last place. Ooh, why is Cause, that? Because Quarterman's had some cool dunks. <laughs> yeah, it, it has been interesting how little Connaughton has played, uh, at, like at all, especially since, given that Blazers have been blown out quite a bit, and they they're keeping their starters in a little bit longer than I sort of expected them to. But Le- Lehman's taking the shine, dude. I would go. I would go Vonley. I'm gonna go. Okay. I re, I'm really trying to suck up to Neil O'Shea here. I just, you know, I want him to just give me the inside scoops. So Neil, uh, I know you listen to the podcast. No, In, he's, invite, he's a friend of the show. Invite the is show. invite is open to come on, Neil. Yes, absolutely. Come on, Neil. We'd we'd love to talk to you. Um, but I I'd say Noah first, just because I I like the idea of he is an interesting player to continue to watch in these little you know, five minute spurts to see how, you know, like in the future, how interesting he's going to be and what they continue to see in him as they develop him. Uh, my next one would be definitely be Lehman. Um, then followed by Shabazz. And then, man, I just have not Pat. Most because I just want Pat a jacket every time he gets it, which he does. So, and then, and then Tim Quarterman, which is basically, that's basically also the ranking in which how many minutes a game that those guys play. So. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Vonley is definitely the, uh, I mean, as a prospect, still very exciting. But yeah, I just haven't been. I've been a little. He's he's played better, and somehow I I I don't know. I I, I somehow I, I feel I feel the same about Noah Vonley. Oh, I was I gonna say I was. It sounds like you're off the the Noah train. No, I'm not off the Noah train. I feel the same, even though his stuff. I just feel like I haven't been moved yet that he's grown into like another player. I I'm I'm seeing yeah. things like he had some moments. Where he, I had a nice pass against Indiana in the brief time that he played. So I, I see it more now. I mean, he's, I just want him to do things that help the team more because I know that he's so capable of doing all of the good things. I just want them to help the team while he's doing them. 
So that's you fine. like it. You like it, but you're not ready to put a ring on it. I get it. Yeah. Um. Okay. So our second question is from Bobby Bobby Van D two two on Twitter. He wants to know: Will the Blazers ever hold a team below 100 points again? To give you some context, this question stemmed from the fact that the, where the Blazers have played, um, 25 games, they have only held an opponent under. 100 points four times, and I think they've only won one of those games. So, on on statistically, technically, yes. Realistically, I don't know. How do you feel about that? Man, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't – I mean, I would be surprised if they hold someone under 100 in the next 10 games. That's yeah okay. That's good. We, there is there is something going on with I I saw a, a strength of schedule chart that was based off of, um, uh, it was point differential, uh, and the Blazers had a chart that uh, you know charts up to the All Star break, hits All Star break, and then dives pretty hard. I think ends at the the lowest point that I saw, out of almost any team, or they were the second lowest um, strength of schedule out of any team after the All Star break. So which is good news for them. So it's it's possible teams run out of gas or obviously you also have the the end of those end of season games like that last week or week and a half if they're not going to make it maybe they go ham and they don't care or other teams reserve or arresting people and they you know you know if, if the if the spurs are playing their you know 12 12 guys or something like they're they're a super end of the bench near the season are they going to break 95 even yeah I don't know. so uh, i i i mean they did it against Memphis, and they lost a couple of games ago. I think it was they they held them to eighty eight, and they lost mm-hmm. eighty eight to eighty six. Uh, the thing, you know, what's funny with the Blazers. It's one hundred isn't so much the the number that I'm hung up on these days, mm. as much as it is thirty point quarters. <laughs> That's they, a good point. They they give up uh, one hundred for me could be neither here nor there. The thirty point quarters thing is what drives me up a wall. Because it, mm-hmm. it seems like every game I'm, you know, oh well, first quarter, well they give up thirty points. Yeah, it just it's just what they do. Of course, of course, when they score forty points, forty four or whatever in the first quarter against Indiana, they had to give up thirty. They they it it just it just seems like they just give up. They're always giving up thirty in a quarter, and to me that is the that's the one statistic to me that's driving me crazy is just the thirty in quarters. It's, it's just been too much. You know, that's a really good point. I hadn't thought about it. I hadn't, I hadn't verbalized it in my own head or anything. But that you're right. This team has a lot of those things too. I think where ah, this one little thing just I can't. When, when it's one of those things. If, if you buy a car or you really want to buy a certain type of car, then all of a sudden you see that car everywhere driving around. Like man, everyone has this car. Everyone has this car, but me or or whatever it be. You know something like that. This team is almost like that. Where there, you once you see that thing, you can't unsee it, and then you see it every single time it happens everybody gets a 30 point quarter on the blazers it doesn't matter they who do. you it doesn't matter who you are it, it, do. miami gets a 30 point quarter on the blazers indiana gets a 30 point quarter on the blazers everybody gets a 30 point quarter on the blazers it, it, it it's 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 become one of the more annoying memes for the blazers season is that yeah. they've just been addicted to giving up 30 um yeah uh okay so i'm gonna answer bobby's question straight up because, but I'm gonna I'm gonna concentrate on the wording here because the wording is: Will the Blazers ever hold a team below 100 points again? The answer, no. They're never they're never gonna hold a team under 100. No. All right. They're it, they're going to happenstance is going to happen 
and then a team maybe won't score 100. But I don't think they're ever going to knuckle down and block somebody's shot at the buzzer and hold them at 99. I, I just don't see that happening, especially, like you said, not in the next 10 games. Maybe towards the end of the season, a team might not score 100 points, but I don't, I don't think they're going to – there's – I'm trying not to be sort of ridiculous about it, but I think realistically we haven't, we don't have any evidence that they're going to, we don't have any evidence so far. We're a quarter of the way through the season and we've seen sort of, sort of the issues that are happening along with things they can't control like injuries. No, I don't think they're going to hold a team under 100 points. Right. Yeah. To your point about the, the, the wording, it doesn't seem like it's their choice lately, whether, yeah. they're, whether they're giving up hundred or not, it, it just seems like they've been giving it up, but uh, yeah, uh, they, they definitely can, but it doesn't seem very likely that they will in the near future. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Especially with OKC, the Clippers, and the Warriors three in a row. So, I, I okay, uh, question for me, for us. Ooh. Ooh. Do they get a single one of those games? Okay, so let's, 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 let's look at the schedule. What's the schedule again? Do you know off the top of your head? At Clippers tomorrow, Gross. at at OKC Tuesday, and then at Warriors Thursday. I want to say that's that's uh, uno- uh, uh, unofficial. I, no, I I think that I think that Warriors game is Saturday. Okay, I think they ha- I think they have one in between. Sorry, it, uh, yeah. y'all for oh yeah they're pl- they're playing at Denver. Playing oh, at Denver. Okay. Thursday. Oh yeah. Great. Yeah. Just the worst place to play in terms of like traveling there and the altitude and all that stuff. Just, just generally the worst place to play among, you know, according to every team. Yes. That, that really is a hilarious, uh, little road stretch in terms of asking that specific question. You're right. Because even playing at home against Oklahoma city, Russell or, uh, uh, Russell Westbrook's on a war path to hit Wilt's, uh, triple double, triple double, uh, in a row number of nine. He's at what? Seven now. Uh, at LA, tough. At Denver, which which is okay. Denver's a bad team, but everyone says playing at Denver on that little trip is one of the hardest things to do. And didn't I think CJ even tweeted about it the other day? Well, yeah, and, it's one. Yeah, he tweeted about it the other day, and I mean the last there it was like the second or third game of the season, and they needed Dame to have you know hit those last second hit a buzzer beater at the end of regulation and in overtime and CJ to go crazy to just win that game. It's one mm-hmm. of the hardest back-to-backs. It's not a back-to-back. Luckily, they have a day of travel, but it's still brutal. Right. And then they have to play they have to finish through the weekend to play Golden State before having a couple days of rest and playing Sacramento. So and then, and, 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 then just... and then their return home is a back-to-back. It, so like th- they have one like kind of break game mm-hmm. on the schedule, but it's the second of a back to back against Dallas, who's right. been the worst team in the West. But I mean, it's the second night of a back to back, so that might be a game where they catch the Blazers. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, so if, I think we're just we were just going for those four games, or are we concluding Sacramento in this? I think we should just go with the four games. Just stick with this week for no. for, the, for purposes of the game. No. I'm just gonna say no because no. Yeah. because of how how odd that their offense have been, how bad or uh, ineffective that Ed Davis has been. Aminu, we don't know what his sort of prognosis is for his butt injury, whatever it is, uh, and the fact that Denver's hard to play in. I don't see them beating LA. I don't see them being Oklahoma City at home, not with uh, Russell Westbrook, and they're not beating Golden State on the road. So. No, I don't see them. I don't see them winning any of those games, unfortunately. I think I, if I can uh, cop out of it a little bit, I think Sacramento's a win. Yeah, I, I mean, it, sh- it should be a win, but at the same time, you know, if the Blazers 
go winless during this streak here of these four games, they're going to be basically right there with Sacramento in the loss column. Right, because if if they get to Sacramento and they haven't won a game, that'd be four. That'd be seven straight. Yeah. So yeah, it'd be tough. Be real tough. So this is uh, the Blazers are kind of in the danger zone right now. <laughs> they are. They are. I mean, where's I, Kenny I, Loggins? I, I'm. <laughs> let's get on the highway, baby. Uh, I I've been surprised actually every time I get back into the standings and see that they're still eight somehow. That it it like it throws just because I've I think watching the Blazers has been particularly exasperating lately and. Because of like you said, oh, there's this, there's always a thirty second uh, point quarter. They're they're losing. They're either down at the half and then it just widens, or they're up at the half and they get smoked. Um, it just doesn't. They don't feel like they're winning anything, even even though they did win three straight, you know, three games ago. So, yeah, it's 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 interesting to see them still in that in that place. But you're right, they could be plummeting soon. How they're they're going to the danger zone right now. That's all. That's all we can do without uh, to avoid copyright infringement. Yeah, exactly. Copyright infringement. Didn't want to do too many seconds. Didn't want to sing the song too much. I didn't want to. I'm watching a lot of Vice, so I'm very yeah. I'm, I'm very well, noted. You didn't you didn't want to blow blow the doors off of our listeners too. You know, just yeah. show them how multi talented you are. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, any other questions that we have from our listeners for this? One? Uh, no, I think that was all the ones we had so far. But uh, thanks for sending them in, you guys. Definitely keep sending them in. Uh, I think that we will will keep prompting you guys guys uh, maybe we'll prompt you at halftime during some of these games prompt you right before games end so keep your eyes peeled to both of our twitter feeds and check that out um and of course um yeah send them in. anything you want to ask obviously we're we're pretty we're pretty fast and loose with the rules here that's right so uh yeah it really it really spices things up so we appreciate it when you guys send those questions in it adds a little bit to the show and we love interacting with you guys because it's uh part of the reason why we do this whole thing so uh thank you for listening thank you for sending in questions that's going to do it for us we will be back again uh blazers play in los angeles on monday uh so yeah we will be back with another episode of locked on blazers follow us on twitter subscribe to us uh on itunes google play tune in fm stitcher all those places uh five star reviews and uh keep coming back and we'll uh keep talking you through this super weird blazer season we're here for you guys